In the 1950s, a large company invented and patented a product that was later credited for saving millions of lives. Since the product was patented, this meant their competitors would be forced to pay the original company to use its product. This patent had the ability to make the company a whole lot of money. So what do you think this faceless, heartless organization did when they were in a position to extort the lives of millions in return for sweet, sweet profits? Yep, you guessed it. They released the patent for free and allowed competitors to both use and improve upon it, further adding to the lives saved. Cue the music, Carlos. Welcome to Viable Underdogs, where we try and teach you some cool stuff and hopefully encourage everyone to become a bit more sustainable. My name is John, and Carlos is with me as always. This is episode number 10. Today we're talking about some fairly known economic topics such as game theory and the prisoner's dilemma, and how they can be applied to what's going on with sustainability on a global level. The company mentioned earlier was the car manufacturer Volvo. In the 1950s, one of its engineers, Niels Bolin, designed a much better three-point seatbelt for the automobile. Prior to this design, the seatbelts used in cars would only go over an occupant's lap and not around their torso and shoulder, much like any seatbelt you would find in a car today. Although Bolin was not the first with the idea to add the additional restraint, his design was by far the best and the most effective. Volvo and Bolin could have easily decided to leverage this patented invention for huge profits. But they ultimately decided that the lives it would save were of much greater importance. And for this reason, they are credited with saving countless lives. This is a good example of a business and inventor displaying ethical behaviors that benefit the greater good. And their actions may appear counterintuitive to what many other businesses may have done in the same situation. But it would be hard to argue that in this case, cooperation, rather than profits and competition, were the smart decision with respect to the greater good of the world at large. And it's this cooperation between competitors that is the focus of today's episode. Well, rather, it's the lack of cooperation and a slight exploration of the behavior associated between individuals, businesses, and governments. To better explore this issue, we're going to start by talking about a rather popular thought experiment the prisoner's dilemma. There are many examples of it and probably better explanations and applications that will do justice in this episode. We'll leave some links at the bottom of the episode, but you can also research it on your own time as well. The concept was originally developed by scientists Merrill Flood and Melvin Drescher. This concept was then later applied to create the prisoner's dilemma by the mathematician Albert W. Tucker. Here's the prisoner's dilemma in a nutshell. Let's say we have two criminals that were both involved with the same crime. For clarity, let's call them John and Carlos. They're arrested and immediately separated for questioning. Each are told the same thing. The police have enough evidence for both criminals to go to jail for one year. If one criminal confesses to the crime, they will use that person as a witness to imprison the other criminal for 10 years, while the other goes free with no jail time. If both criminals confess, both will be in prison for five years. So, for instance, if John decides to confess, Carlos will go to jail for 10 years and John goes free. If Carlos confesses, John goes to jail for 10 years and Carlos goes free. If John and Carlos both confess, both go to jail for five years. 
If both stay silent, John and Carlos will both only go to jail for one year. And remember, John and Carlos have been told the exact same thing, and neither of them have the ability to communicate with one another. So what will each choose? The best scenario is obviously for them to both stay silent, cooperate in this case. That would result in the lowest jail time for both of them. But if you were to boil this down to the most risk-averse behavior, the intelligent choice is always for one party to confess. Think of it this way. If John stays silent, he risks the possibility of Carlos confessing, resulting in the longest prison sentence in all possible scenarios, 10 full years. If John confesses, then he ultimately has two scenarios that could occur. Carlos also confesses, which results in a 5-year prison sentence, still lower than the original 10 years, or Carlos stays silent and John goes free. Now the reason this is so interesting is that it does a good job showing a scenario where it would be best if everyone cooperated. But due to human emotions like mistrust, deceit, and a whole slew of other psychological factors, the safest approach is to do something that is the opposite of cooperation. Using our previous example, John and Carlos are the best of bros, and both would stay silent. And interestingly enough, Carlos is giving me a glance right now in a way that's already making me rethink that. Uh, of course, Carlos. I would totally say silent. This test has been performed in various ways with some interesting results. Humans can be very surprising in the ways that they make their decisions after all. This thought experiment can help explain why individuals, businesses, and governments behave in non-cooperative ways that are oftentimes more detrimental. However, it's important that this is seen as a more risk-averse strategy, kind of like the previous example where John realizes that confessing to the super-naive and trusting Sap Carlos will ensure John is soon sitting on a warm beach somewhere, sipping on a Mai Tai. In economic terms, this is where game theory comes into play. Basically, think of any time you've seen businesses that probably shouldn't be right next to one another that are right next to one another, kind of like coffee shops. We're quite used to seeing this because examples of it are everywhere, but in reality, if the two businesses were more spread apart, their direct competition would probably be less fierce, and they would probably have a greater pool of potential customers to attract since they're now in different locations, rather than sitting right next to one another. This is more beneficial to the customers too, because now the coffee shops are more spread out, resulting in more convenient and accessible locations. But just where are we going with this? What can the prisoner's dilemma, and game theory, teach us about what's occurring in the world at a global level, in terms of sustainability? Quite a bit actually. We talked about in episode 7 about how some countries export their garbage to foreign markets that have more relaxed environmental regulations. And this would be a good example of game theory at play. The best scenario for both countries would be for both countries to cooperate and both countries to work together to solve the problem of waste, since waste is a global issue and the consequences of which will impact both countries. If one country decides to spend more money on green energy programs and another decides to increase its use of fossil fuels for greater energy utilization, then the country implementing the green energy programs may choose to abandon these when they feel that the other country is exploiting this to their advantage. 
And you'll hear exactly this being discussed on a global level by many politicians anytime there's a summit or meeting on sustainability issues. Country A feels that country B isn't doing enough, and so on. Developing nations sometimes blame developed nations for the state the world is currently in. And developed nations sometimes blame developing nations when they implement strategies that will compound the sustainability issues the world is facing. Their justification for this is that developed nations utilized fossil fuels and unsustainable practices to increase their wealth at the cost of others. So shouldn't they also have a turn? And really, who is right in this scenario? Who is wrong? And this is where the similarities between global sustainability and the prisoner's dilemma come into play. The best scenario and outcome is for every nation, individual, and business on earth to cooperate and fix this problem. But what's sometimes occurring instead is an individual, business, or nation is preserving their own self-interests in the fears that not everyone will cooperate. This creates a stalemate where the entire world is in agreement that massive change is critical to the very survival of our species, but nothing is actually being done. Some of us believe that the other prisoner will choose confess instead of choosing cooperation, resulting in a world where we're all prisoners powerless to do anything to change course and avoid disaster. So what's the answer to this? Well, one answer is to lead by example. Although this may appear naive, as of right now, it is the best option. Humans are very social creatures. If those in positions of authority and power show others that they are willing to cooperate, regardless of what the rest of the world does, then we may slowly start to see everyone come around. And by positions of authority, this can mean something as grand as a leader in government or the CEO of a corporation, or it could also mean just a charismatic person in a small social circle of friends, or a parent, or a teacher, anyone really. It was cooperation that allowed us to go from living in caves to dominating the entire planet by covering it in structures, skyscrapers, cities, and satellites. It allowed us to land people on the moon, harness the power of the atom, and explore the birth of the universe itself. As contradictory as this may initially appear, as a species, we actually do choose to cooperate the majority of the time. Going back to the prisoner's dilemma, we often choose to stay silent rather than confess for the benefits of the masses. If we didn't, there wouldn't currently be 7.5 billion of us living on this rock. In order for us to have transitioned from hunter-gatherers into a species that creates civilizations, someone at some point decided to entrust someone else to produce food while they started building larger and larger structures. This was mutually beneficial to both parties. This same type of trusting cooperation is what will allow us to repair the planet. So let's get our heads out of our butts, cooperate, and become more sustainable together. And yes, for the record, this came out a bit cornier than intended, but that's just because we think humanity is so amazing. Thanks for listening. As always, please share and forward this podcast. The first step towards realistic sustainability is in knowledge and discussion. And this can't happen without everyone's input. Please send any questions, comments, or thought experiments to viableunderdogs at gmail.com. Our intro music is composed by Mark Kronowski and the music currently playing by Jonathan Atkinson. We intend to get our website up and running in the near future. Until then, you can check out more on Game Theory, The Prisoner's Dilemma, and the Nash Equilibrium 
at Khan Academy. That's www.khanacademy.org. You can also check out the YouTube channel Crash Course Economics. Episode 26 is where they explore game theory.